0: welcome to just barbarian things this actual play podcast may contain themes and language not suitable for all listeners you have been warned
1: this week we'd like to give a special shout out to jesse m one of our patrons on patreon who is our lovely shout out slash sponsor of the show this week so thank you so much jesse uh we appreciate it you were our first ever sponsor and recently went up a level and so we just wanted to make sure to give you a shout out on the podcast. Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. You close the journal after reading Logra's message. And your immediate reaction, as we established last time, was, well, maybe he's not dead. Maybe Deke is, they took him, he's just missing. um, Because otherwise there'd be a body. Right. But Logra's message definitely puts a sense of urgency into you. Um, You rush out of the building, you can see that various... Denizens of the apartment are putting out the flames. Um, You can see some watch rushing in past you. And uh, they don't seem to pay you much mind. They're focused on the task at hand. But when you get outside, um, you see a watch sky coach stop out front.
0: Oh, that looks like it would come in handy.
1: And uh, the watch member inside kind of leans out. Um, towards you because mm-hmm. he's perched on kind of the driving deck area and he says, Logra wants to meet with you. Get inside.
0: I would like to meet with her as well. Let's go.
1: All right. So you take the very quick and this time very inexpensive journey.
0: <laughs> the very quick and the very free journey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Back up to the garrison. hmm. Um, rushing inside, the guards don't stop you at all. They don't even question your presence. It seems that, that everyone knows Logra is expecting you.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, she's expecting me this time.
1: And when you get into her office, you can see that she is fully armored. Um, she is uh, cur- like preparing her weapons. And she looks up and says, Ah, I am so glad you are safe.
0: So I'll be kind of taken aback for a minute because if she's all armored armed and armored fully, then that's how I know it's business time. Right. <laughs> so uh it's it's kind of a shock to me because this isn't usually how I see her. So I I I take the impression that she's you know, she's in serious mode. So Right,
1: especially because I mean in your experience with her as a captain of the watch. She very rarely is ever in armor herself. Right. Unless it's like for an appearance or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has many people to go and do tasks for her. Right. So if she's getting into the thick of things, that's definitely a sign that something's going on.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So I I would uh, react accordingly and kind of, you know, adjust my, my garments and cinch down my belts and pouches and what have you kinda get you know get, into, get my war face on
1: while you were gone many of these sort of attacks occurred
0: hmm. It does it seem coordinated then
1: it is chaotic, but there are similarities amongst what we have discovered from the ones that were thwarted so far.
0: Hmm, I see. But no sign of, no sign of Deke anywhere. It, um, no clues, no leads, nothing.
1: Well, we did on a few of the bodies... Recover what appears to be a list of targets.
0: Was it anything like this? <laughs> and I'll uh, whip out the list and uh, hand it to her.
1: Ah, Yes. And she reaches to her desk and holds up like a few crumpled copies of what appears to be the same letter. Same paper.
0: But why? Now, I don't remember. Was she on the list? It's just, just me and Deke.
1: There are a few people on the list. You saw like a dwarf, um, a Kalashtari man, um, you and Deek, and a few others. And uh, there is a goodly number of people on the list, but she wasn't one of them.
0: Okay. So at this point, I have to decide, do I want to pitch the idea that we split up and I go to Deek's and go from there? Or is she gathering up everyone else that's on the list for their own protection. Um, and I do, I wait for that. I guess it hinges on what she's doing with everyone else on this list. So, uh, I'd I'd like to ask her about, uh, what she's doing with everyone else on this list. Logro, this list, it seems as though, uh, obviously, these people are being targeted. Uh, wh- what are we doing to protect them? Have we sent people to look after them, gather them in for their protection? What's, what's taking place? Well, this
1: list is not the only thing we found on some of the offenders that we have taken care of this evening. It is definitely... A concern. Deke was one I recognized immediately. And so we went to his place of business to locate him. And he was nowhere to be found. But I did find these at his apartment. I think he had been preparing them for you.
0: Ah, yes. I'm sure that uh, he said he was uh, going to work on some things to help me.
1: And so she hands over a couple of items. There is a bottle... And a ring.
0: Okay. Ooh, a ring.
1: So, if you would go into your very advanced computerized character sheet.
0: Yes, my highly technical, uh, capital F, fancy, capital A, ass, little tm character sheet. All right.
1: There should be kind of an equipment slash items location where you can add things.
0: Mm-hmm. Equipment, inventory. All right.
1: The first thing I would like you to add there is something called a ring of protection.
0: Ring of protection. Excellent. Okay. Ring of protection. All right. If
1: you want to go ahead and read the description into the record and then make sure you equip it.
0: You gain a plus one bonus to AC and saving throws while wearing this ring. Excellent. So we will add. Add.
1: Don't add like three of them. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, because that's exactly what happened. Yep, I know. <laughs>
1: I know how you click when things don't go fast enough for you.
0: <laughs> Such an old person. What the heck? The cards aren't it, dang it, old internet. Alright, Oh, what was the other one? Uh We don't know. It's a bottle of something. I'm assuming it's a potion of whatnot.
1: Yep. So the second item that you can add Mm -hmm. is a potion of fire breath.
0: Ooh. Nice. All right. Let's click this one once times. There it goes. All right. Okay. Let's remove that and remove that. All right. Cool groovy
1: and then once again if you would read the description into the record please
0: potion of fire breath after drinking this potion you can use a bonus action to exhale fire at a target within 30 feet of you the target must make a dc 13 dexterity saving throw taking 46 fire damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one The effect ends after you exhale the fire three times or when one hour has passed. This potion's orange liquid flickers and smoke fills the top of the container and wafts out whenever it is opened.
1: All right. So it looks like Deke prepared you a little magic item and a potion from his shop.
0: That was super awesome of him. Okay. Now then. uh. Ah, there it is. Cool. I have to equip the ring.
1: The ring-a-ling-a-ding-dong.
0: But it did not change my AC. Interesting.
1: It should have. Do you need to refresh or anything? Did you tune to it or whatever?
0: There we go. And do attune to it.
1: Yay. Yeah. Magic items, bruh.
0: <laughs> Magic items in fifth ed. Got to attune to them. Probably in other editions too. Not True. sure.
1: Yeah, not just fifth edition. <laughs>
0: let, me, let me know in the comments. <laughs> but uh,
1: in other editions, it took a lot longer.
0: Yeah, you, did, you didn't just click the attune button.
1: Well, I mean, in game time.
0: Right, I know that. Yeah.
1: So as you're kind of examining the items, Logra continues to talk to you. Cool. There are many signs that point to a group called the Dusk. She looks troubled. They would certainly be a potent foe, but this does not seem like them.
0: Hmm. Hmm. The desk. Is yes, that does sound familiar? I believe that yes, yes. My assailant, um, late of the crime scene, most recently that I apprised you of in the journal, uh, sorry, the ledger, mentioned the desk.
1: Yes, uh, many of these assailants mentioned it, but I don't know. There's still. Much to be investigated. In the meantime, the more pressing issue beyond this list is that some of them had details of various targets, attack points that would be locations that would be targeted uh, tomorrow night. Hmm. I am preparing my men. We are splitting up our forces to try to cover as many as we can. Uh, We have been asked, obviously, to prioritize the upper-level civilian areas.
0: Of course, who would want them to be inconvenienced in the slightest.
1: I was hoping you could help me with something, however.
0: Uh, Of course, I I thought I should maybe look after Deke. Uh, However, I would be happy to see what I can do to assist.
1: Deke is not at his home, and I have left guards there to keep an eye out for him. I think it is best at this point if we can stop these attacks and maybe find more information about where these assailants are actually coming from.
0: You're the expert. I must defer to you in these matters. I'm only concerned for my friend.
1: I know. I am as well. So part of the attacks, and one that I cannot cover with the orders I have been given, is a residential area in Lower North Edge.
0: Lower North Edge, you say? Hmm. I see.
1: My concern is this is a complex where... Many of the watches' families reside.
0: I see. Mm.
1: And since it has not been prioritized, I would still like someone of significant power and skill to keep an eye on it.
0: Ah, well, who shall I fetch for you then?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know that I would not ask if it was not important.
0: Yes, yes, of course. Uh, I will make all haste to Lord North Edge. There are contact there, perhaps a uh, garrison or anything, uh, per- any particular location you want me to pay attention to.
1: Yes, I can give you the precise details of the address that was mentioned.
0: Excellent, thank you.
1: Based on the details we have received, it will be at a very... They're coordinating their attacks at a specific time tomorrow. I would recommend maybe getting some rest and then going ahead of that time to keep an eye on the area. I will send backup if I can, but like I said, we are being spread quite thin in the upper levels.
0: Yes, yes, of course. Understandable. I will make all haste to lower north edge and take lodging there.
1: Thank you, my friend.
0: And thank you as well.
1: No, I am doing everything I can to make sure my men are watching for Deke and securing him if we can.
0: I'll put my uh, my hand on the, the shoulder plate of her armor <laughs> <laughs> in a reassuring and, you know, uh, friendly, uh, tender fashion and in, in my most earnest way uh, – I know you are, my friend. I know.
1: All right. So what would you like to do in the time leading up to the noted time and location?
0: Man, let's see. I would like to um, make all haste to lower north edge and take lodgings there so that I can rest but already be in the area. Okay. Okay. So
1: I know you have a little guide to lower north edge. Is that part of the, what you have? Yes. Okay. So it's definitely, um, it's not poor, but it's not very high class. It would be definitely lower middle. I would probably say, Mm -hmm. um, so even though it's a lower ward it's nicer than some of the other ones that are in lower areas.
0: So it's not a, it's not a slum but it's not it's not high class. Right. Or even really solidly middle class.
1: There is a definitely um been an influx of shifters in this area of Sharn which has made it a little bit More kind of rough and tumble than it has been previously, but it does have a strong watch presence. And so it's known as an area where, although very blue collar, you don't really run into much trouble there. And um, it's known for having one of the few markets in town that's like an everyday goods market. It's like the grocery store of markets.
0: Huh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting.
1: So it's definitely a place where if you do have an income of any kind, it's a, it's a nicer place to kind of settle down if you're not one of the higher class folk. But yeah. So going down there, there's definitely a variety of inns and taverns, um, as well as various apartments built into the towers and things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, uh, like I said, I'm looking for an inn to, uh, To rest at.
1: Okay. So, kind of moving through the area, keeping the coordinates in mind that you were given, uh, you do find um, there is a in, in the area that's definitely more of a shifter in, but it's pretty close to your target. Okay. And the sign above the door shows a sleeping bear.
0: Okay. So... Um, I don't know if we have to rewind a little bit, but as soon as I enter this district, I'd like to kind of relax a little bit, like pull my hood down, you know, sort of, uh, blend in a little bit more, um, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily an outsider, uh, to this community, you know, I'm sort of marginalized by the ruling class, Myself, so by being an outsider, I'm sort of in with with you guys here. Plus, uh, I'm tight with someone of the watch and, and know some of the those guys just through Logra. I would assume so.
1: Right, and walking through this area, even with your hood down, you don't really notice a lot of issue or even strange looks, um, and there are even. Among the shifter population, some with kind of goat-like features as well, um, and so they kind of give you a little knowing nod when they see you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You have to return the nod. You know.
1: It's very important.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes you even do the chin flick, the chin lift, maybe depending. You know, you have to be savvy for this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. When are you given the nod? When are you chin checking? Right. Yeah.
0: And I feel like I'm hip to all of that.
1: Sure. So, like I said, you find a, a tavern in the area or slash inn um, with a tavern room down below. And the sign above the door shows a sleeping bear.
0: A sleeping bear. Excellent. Okay. Let's see if we can secure some lodgings.
1: so walking into the business it is definitely booming um you see primarily shifters inside um, eating meals drinking various drinks um there is a small bard group performing on a stage in the corner fire roaring in the fireplace um, you see a few humans in here as well and a couple of dwarves, but they're definitely not the main part of the population in here.
0: Okay. Now, I don't have a PHB handy. I do have a PHB handy. I don't want to look it up right now. If you know off the top of your head, like um, in old school editions, there was like a table of, of uh, things that what they cost for day-to-day stuff. You right. Know, uh, fine lodgings, meager lodgings, laundry, that kind of stuff. So, I don't know quite what that costs off the top of my head. Naraya definitely would, though. Like, he would know for, like, you know, a five-star awesome place would cost X amount per night, so.
1: You know that um, modest lodgings are usually five silver and poor lodgings are usually one silver. And there's squalid lodgings, but that would apply to usually something that's not really in a building. Right. <laughs> like if you were out in the barn or something. Yeah. Or, you know, sleeping with the piggies.
0: Yeah, it's a blanket by the dumpster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The oldie dumpster. So um modest lodgings, you said? Right. About five silver. hmm Okay. So that's half a gold. Right. Okay, cool. So Flashing a gold piece isn't gonna like cause the record scratch sound and like every head to turn and stuff like that. Is no, basically what I'm getting at.
1: Right. You know um what would be considered like a comfortable inn? So like a nice way station along a trade road, for example, mm-hmm. would probably cost about eight silver. Okay. So close to a gold.
0: Cool. Well, um I would like to walk up to the bar. Mm-hmm. And um, fish a gold piece from my uh, purse and kind of roll it around in my fingers a little bit while looking at the barkeep, uh, who I assume is also the innkeeper, and sort of tap it on the bar three times.
1: And the uh, woman that looks over at you, um, by build, seems very bear-like to you she's obviously a shifter woman um and as she kind of turns her attention towards you she's like ah welcome to the bear's rest friend
0: so she's a, a big bosomy bear like w- yeah. woman. woman mm-hmm. i ain't mad at that all right Um. Uh, so she welcomes me to the, the, the bear's rest the bear's rest Thank you, mistress, and well met.
1: Are you looking for food, games, lodging?
0: Yes, all of the above.
1: Well, uh, a coin like that will get you a couple good nights in one of our solo rooms. You would not have to share with anyone.
0: This is exactly what I'm looking for. It meets my needs. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, uh, and did she walk over to me? Or is she still like kind of a ways away? Yeah,
1: she came over to you on the other side of the bar, obviously.
0: Okay. Well, I'd like to slide the, uh, the coin across to her, maybe fish a couple of silver pennies out as well and, um, slide that across, uh, as well. Um, and say to her for your discretion in addition to your hospitality.
1: Well, I thank you for that. Uh, Although certainly you stick out a bit like a sore thumb, wherever you go, I'm sure.
0: I'll give her my handsomest, most winning grin.
1: Alright, she reaches under the counter um, and pulls out what looks like a brass key. Um, And there is a small bit of cord attached to it and a nice kind of embroidered cloth tag that has a little symbol on it. She's like, that matches the door that the key goes to. It's, uh, upstairs on the right.
0: Excellent. Is it already prepared with, uh, fresh water and linens and so on uh, at the ready?
1: Of course. Although if you'd like, uh, hot water for a bath or similar, we'd bring that up to order.
0: Uh, that won't be necessary. Thank you so much. Uh, I might have trouble you for a uh, flagon of spiced wine and a glass, please.
1: Uh, down in the common room, or will you take that upstairs?
0: Here will be fine.
1: Oh, just a moment. And she just kind of turns around and prepares things for you. Oh, uh, was that hot?
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay, one moment. And she kind of yells something back through the little window into the kitchen. And uh, she says, It'll be just a minute, sir.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I suppose I should have um, ordered mold wine if I wanted it hot, not spice. Uh, rookie mistake. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, my intention with this is to kind of hang out in the common room, enjoy a little bit of mold wine uh, to help me sleep, but also kind of get the lay of the land in this common room, see who's here, who's not here, what games are being played. Uh, basically, using all of my. Uh, Social skills over, you know, uh, kind of honed over many a night in many a common room like this. Right. To um, just kind of take the temperature of the room. What sort of, uh, how rough and tumble is it? When do I think it'll maybe die down? Just so that I can sort of attune my sense to it so that when I'm resting upstairs, you know, something out of the ordinary might jump out at me. Right. Is my thinking with this.
1: All right. Uh, do you want to percept? Yes. Okay.
0: Let us perceive. I don't remember what my perception score is. Okay. There we go. Not super high. Okay. Six. First roll of the night, boys and girls. Not going <laughs> not going well so far, but that's okay.
1: All right. So at first, um, kind of the din of the many conversations and the kind of um, specific accent that a lot of shifters have because of their, some of them have quite prominent teeth or have some like tusk-like um, action going on. And so it, it takes you a minute to get used to. I mean, you've dealt with shifters before. They often frequent um, the gambling halls that you go to and things like that. But in such a crowd, the din and trying to pick up individual conversations is very difficult. Mm. Um but over time, especially as your wine arrives, um, and really taking your time to let it wash over you, um, you definitely do pick up a few things that are going on around the room. Okay. Um, you notice that for the most part, it seems to be a lot of people sort of blowing off steam after work. Mm-hmm. Definitely is a working man sort of bar. Um, and... So there aren't a ton of games of chance and things like that going on, um, unless they're friendly games. So you see um, a game of a game of three dragon ante, which is pretty common wherever you go, um, but it doesn't seem to be big wagers. Um, you see a game of bones being played, um, and various sort of smaller. Items, But they seem to be played among groups of friends. Um, there are a few people arguing over who they think will win the next Sky Race. Um, and talking about their favorite regional champions for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let you go ahead and make another perception roll to see what else you notice.
0: All right. Let's retire that D20 and try a different one. Hoping for a happier result. See, that's better. This one is mod 20.
1: All right. And so, again, as you're kind of relaxing into it and paying more attention, um, you notice that there are a couple of different groups that are huddled a little bit closer, kind of consoling each other um, about family members or friends recently lost in kind of this string of attacks or murders that have been happening um, in the various areas of town.
0: Okay. Um, hmm. All right. I'm not particularly intelligent or wise, but um, I, I am smarter than the average bear. And I'd like to make a mental note, if I may. Right. Of the people discussing this. Anything that's just a distinguishing feature. That might allow me to pick them out later.
1: Right. Um, So you notice that. The group is kind of a mix. Which is one of the things that made it catch your eye. A little bit more. Mm -hmm. Than what's generally going on in the room. Um, There is a shifter in the group. um, But. It also has. um, There's a, a human as well. And a dwarf. That are kind of talking to each other. And the the dwarf seems especially upset. And from his look and everything, you think that perhaps that dwarf woman that was on your list may be a relation.
0: Hmm. I see a family resemblance. Yes. Okay.
1: A very distinct angle to the nose and shape to the jaw.
0: Yes, in texture to the beard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but he seems to be, you know, at a place where his friends are trying to take his mind off things a little bit. Um, and although he's bringing it up every once in a while and they're kind of trying to change the subject in a, not in a insensitive way, but so that he's not dwelling on it.
0: Okay good night how long does it take to get a flagon of wine around here you already got it i said <laughs> oh okay cool so i'm leaning against the bar sort of uh drinking it and stuff like that right okay um i didn't catch the innkeeper's name i need to ask her her name can i catch her eye sure And uh, yes my dear i'm sorry Yeah. Uh, I am Niraya. Uh Might I know your name?
1: Ah, uh, Ursa is what they call me.
0: Excellent. Such a lovely name, Ursa. Tell me, have our friends over there? I'd like to slyly indicate the group that I'm surveilling. Not like, you know, outright point at them. Right. Sort of kind of nod in their direction. Um, have they eaten yet? Or have they just gotten started here?
1: Uh, they've been drinking for a while. Uh, not eaten much.
0: I see. Uh, would it be possible for you to put the rest of their, t- to put their tab, uh, including any food they may require, uh, on my tab?
1: Ah, uh, that's kind of you. Uh, Derek has uh, suffered a loss this week.
0: I see. Derek. That's a dwarven name, yes? <sighs>
1: His family's been in the city a long time, it's so they're, they have a mix of, you know, what those humans call names and dwarven names and things.
0: Hmm, interesting. Yes, well, I'm sure this will cover them. I'll slide another gold piece to Ursa.
1: Uh, that will more than cover what what
0: they've been ordering. For your trouble.
1: And uh, you see her walk back to that kitchen window again, and she's like, let's get a a round of bowls of brown for for our friends over at that table. Let's make sure they have a good meal tonight.
0: Hmm. Nice. Okay. I think with that, I've taken in enough of the local color, and I can head up to my room. All right. Oh, why don't you roll
1: 2d20 and give me the result on
0: your way up. Arithmetic. Okay. 22. Right. 17 plus 5 is 22.
1: Look at you math. <laughs> 22. All right. Um you see as you start to head toward the stairs, a group of um, kind of a mix of human and shifters in one of the kind of back corners of the common room. Um, They start to sing a song Mm -hmm. and it's a very like kind of almost like a marching song. Um, And they start like, Oh, come on, join in everyone. They're trying to get everyone to drunkenly sing (laughs) with them. Everybody. (laughs) Uh, You know, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. But you know, nothing Nothing crazy, just your standard sort of tavern of an evening, especially when it's starting to get late enough that people have had a little bit too much to drink and are probably going to be sent home soon. Okay. But heading upstairs, you're able to easily match the symbol on the tag of your key to a door. And opening it, um, you see what is a surprisingly comfortable looking room.
0: Ah, very nice because I'm very tired and a little beat up. Yeah. So.
1: There is a uh, fresh bowl of wash water Mm -hmm. near a mirror in one corner of the room. Um, Fresh towels there. There are fresh linens on the bed, which appears to be a proper mattress, not um, a straw number or anything like that. And, um, you know, just basic amenities. There's the window. um, It's rather small, but... It is shuttered and curtained, so you can adjust your level of privacy and light. Um, and there are uh, there's a lantern as well as a number of small candles around the room.
0: Okay, so the damage that I took in my last fight was mostly psychic and force damage. Right. I didn't deal with a lot of bludgeoning, piercing, etc. Right. So I feel like my clothes are probably still in good repair. Right. Um, it's just me and my mind that are beat up and (laughs) and tired. Okay. Uh, good. So I don't have to worry about necessarily, you know, any of, um, replacing or cleaning any of that kind of stuff to look my best. And my equipment, I think is typically in, in good repair. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll just, uh, you know, strip down to the, uh, skivvies wash up in the basin. And lie down for a nice long rest.
1: All right. Go ahead and give yourself a long rest on your character sheet to make sure things are reset that need resetting.
0: And reset. Ah, so refreshing.
1: <laughs> All right. So you awake late the next morning, um, which still gives you a few hours before you're really designated to start keeping an eye on the residential kind of apartment area that you were assigned. Is there anything you'd like to do?
0: Yes. I'm going to go stroll around the neighborhoods. And uh, like I got the lay of the land of the common room, I'd like to do the same thing in the neighborhood.
1: All right. Go ahead and roll 2D20. Give me that total. Just to see what you encounter along your way.
0: I also need to spend my money. Okay. 28. One of them's a nat 20 BT dubs in case that matters.
1: Nope. It doesn't just the total. So you see as you're walking through the neighborhood, like I said, it's late morning. Many of the people in this area have gone to their various jobs um, you do hear the din of the marketplace not too far from where you are. And you see a woman in uh, relatively plain clothes. Um, kind of, she's tall, which is what catches your eye. She's kind of very tall and thin. And she seemed to be very easily dragging um, a man behind her. Who appears to be unconscious? He looks like maybe he was out drunk uh, the late the night before, and she is dragging him off somewhere. Um, but with the arm that's trailing to drag the man behind her, uh, you can see the kind of dark red lines um, that you would recognize as an aberrant dragon mark.
0: Hmm. Okay. Aberrant dragon mark. It's not really ringing any bells for me as a player.
1: So in Eberron, dragon marks, remember there are dragon marked houses and in their bloodlines, they inherit um, many times this dragon mark, um, which is an actual physical mark on the body, but also gives them kind of the ability to do certain things very well or have certain powers. Mm. Um, An aberrant dragon mark looks a little bit different from a normal dragon mark in that it's often this, like, blood red color. Um, But they occur outside of those bloodlines. And often they are associated with having... Because it's almost like a mutation, Mm -hmm. they have uh, a downside of using them as well.
0: I see. So this lady is dragging this dude. And uh, because... You know, he's ostensibly intoxicated and his sleeve is kind of hitched up and he's got one of these marks. She
1: has one of the marks.
0: Oh, she it's it's a woman dragging another lady.
1: It's a woman dragging a man and she, and has, she the has the dragon mark.
0: Mask. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. That's why I recap just to make sure that I didn't miss a important detail like that. Okay. Um Hmm. Okay. Do I want to talk to them? Uh, Yes. Yes. I think I would like to talk to them. And the way I would like to engage this, um, this woman dragging this man somewhere is to, uh, trot up. And pick up his legs to help carry him. And uh, simply asks, well, where are we headed with this fine gentleman? I see we're helping him somewhere.
1: Um, and she stops and turns and kind of shoots you a look. And she says, I don't need help. And I certainly don't need help from male kind.
0: Yeah, I see. Well. I would only offer assistance uh, to someone willing to accept it. By all means, carry on with my apologies.
1: She grumbles under her breath something about she can't trust this one, so why would she want to trust any of the other ones anyway? (laughs)
0: Yeah, all right. I don't want any part of that. All
1: right. So like I said, as you walk around, the streets are relatively empty. You do hear the sound of the marketplace in the distance, a couple people going to and fro, including the woman that you engaged with. Um, but not a lot happening right now in this area.
0: Okay. So it's still early enough that the markets aren't open or just in the area that I'm at, it's just kind of dead.
1: You're not in a market area. Like I said, you heard the sound of the marketplace in nearby.
0: Okay. I think I'll make my way in that direction.
1: All right. So heading towards the market... You um, can see it's kind of an open area that is lined with carts and um, more temporary sort of tent-like structures um, along the edges of the open sort of square that it is in. They're obviously more permanent um, storefronts built into the towers. Um, but you can see there are a number of people kind of hawking their their wares and items. And a number of people seem to be doing their like typical household shopping. So you can see there's some produce, some meats, both prepared, um, dried and fresh. Um, and you can see various other items and goods, cloth and fabric, um, clothing, various things.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's do a little, uh, little light shopping just for breakfast. Maybe. Okay. You know, an apple here, a a bit of bacon there, a flatbread here. Sure.
1: So you end up uh, across your various purchases dropping about five copper on food.
0: All right. So let's add... Add five copper and remove one silver. That ought to make it square.
1: All right. What else would you like to do?
0: Without talking to, I mean, I'll talk to people if there's people to talk to, but I'm not going to go out of my way to be a chatty Kathy. Right. Um, Naraya is very um, observant. He's uh, a watcher, you know, so he's going to um, listen and look and just sort of see if he can pick up anything that might be going on in the area.
1: Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check and you can have advantage since you're taking your time.
0: Taking my time, crunching my apple, eating my bacon, mm, apple bacon. All right, Uh, 19.
1: All right, so finding a comfortable spot to do a casual lean while you eat. um, You kind of watch the crowd as it goes by and nothing in particular seems to catch your eye as far as things that are um, striking or dangerous. Um, But there are a couple of things for this area that you do notice off the bat. The first is that the watch presence here seems to be very limited, which is not what you usually expect in this area. Um, Since many of the watch tend to live in this area and areas like it, um, typically there are quite a few here kind of keeping things safe and keeping people out of trouble. Um, But you don't really see very many of them here today.
0: It is a cop neighborhood, so usually there's a lot of cops either off-duty or hanging out. Um, But this washes with what Logra was saying. So, okay.
1: And either because of that or due to other reasons, you also note that the atmosphere here is not like kind of the jovial atmosphere you expect from a marketplace. It feels a little tense. Um, And so you think that, Maybe as a general rule, at least some people here kind of have an idea that something is going on. Um, But otherwise, besides being a bit kind of subdued, um, nothing really catches your eye.
0: Okay. That's cool. All right. Yeah, I don't think there's any items or or anything like that that uh, I'm going to want or need. Uh, in this type of marketplace other than breakfast. So uh, I think I'd like to head back to the common room of the bear's rest.
1: Okay. It is starting to get close to the time where you'd want to start heading towards or keeping an eye on the address you're giving.
0: I wonder if I have time to get back to the bear's rest and to the address. Um, or if I have to go straight to the address. You could get
1: back, that. but depending on what you wanted to do, just time is something you should be aware of.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll head back. And my purpose with heading back is to see if the uh, group of persons of interest is is there. Um. The, the dwarf, the human, and the shifter from okay, last night. sure. I want to see if they're there and bring them with me. If they're not there, then obviously. They weren't
1: in the common room when you came down this morning. Okay. But you could certainly go back and look.
0: Yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll run by real quick and check and then go from there.
1: So going back to the bear's rest um, and going into the common room, you see that it's relatively quiet. Um, There are a few people sleeping down in the common area. Um, Maybe even sleeping off from the night before. But the three people that you saw and paid for meals for are not currently there.
0: Okay. Well, time to run, not run, but, you know, head directly to the uh, address that I'm supposed to be keeping an eye on. All right.
1: So, moving through the streets, you see... A group gathered in a circle outside a small local temple. Mm. And um, it seems that they're kind of practicing their local songs. And so they begin to sing an old song you haven't really heard before. And it provides a kind of haunting backdrop. Um, They're using their bodies as instruments, kind of clapping and stomping along. With the wordless tune. Um, and you see the building that was identified as your target in the distance.
0: Hmm, I see. Okay. Well, uh, let's head to the building in the distance. I don't think I really have business with the group outside the temple.
1: So, walking towards the building, you can see that. It's um, unlike many of the buildings in Charm, which are kind of parts of Greater Towers. This one seems to be a bit of a standalone building in what was once an open sort of square. So it's still multi-leveled, but not as tall as some of the other buildings in town. Okay. And you find kind of a corner where you have a good vantage point of uh, most of the entrances and ways in. And I'll let you go ahead and roll some... Do you want to do perception or investigation for this?
0: Mm, I don't know if there's a difference for you. There's not a difference for me.
1: So let's go ahead and do perception.
0: Stick with perception. Nine.
1: All right. So an hour passes. Um, You see some people who seem to be going home for like midday meals and things like that. Um... And then, but nothing really catches your eyes out of the ordinary. You can do another perception check for the next part of your watch.
0: 12.
1: All right. Um, As it starts to approach a little bit later in the day, you can start to see a few people who finish up work early probably because they leave for work very early in the morning or are returning home. Um, and, but still nothing really unusual. Go ahead and make your next perception check.
0: Coming right up. Ugh, five.
1: All right. Um, you, crowds really start to pick up as people really return home from the end of their long work days. Um, you can start to smell things cooking and, uh, you know, it's, a it's very comforting almost. You forget for a moment the, the mission that you're on, but go ahead and roll your next
0: perception check. It's a good thing I had such a hearty breakfast. I'd start you be starting to get hungry. Oh, fell off the table. All right. Uh, 10.
1: All right, so you watch and wait and it starts to get dark. Not an ideal time for most to hold vigil over a location, but for you as the light fades, your vision just kind of kicks over into that sort of black and gray uh, dark vision spectrum. And as things start to quiet down, you do notice two shapes um, move. I don't know. Would you say furtively would be a good way to say it? Kind of like it's almost obviously trying to be discreet, moving towards this building.
0: Aha! I gotcha. Okay, great. So they're moving. They're moving towards the building. Yes okay, I hmm. wonder if I should stay where I am or now would be a good time to follow them. I want to follow them at the appropriate time. Like, you know, if I can see that they're coming to an intersection or similar where they might pass out of view, that I would move to keep them in sight. But other than that, if I move, you know, I might give myself away. So I want to avoid that.
1: Okay. So you keep an eye on these two shapes. Um, one of them is wearing um, kind of a fine-looking robe. And the other one is a little bit more rough-and-tumble-looking, um, has multiple belts kind of strapped across them, um, an open coat and a, a simple shirt and, and pants. Um, but they move toward the building and then start to move around it. So they would get to the point where they're moving out of your view. So tell me a little bit about what you'd like to do to keep them in sight.
0: Uh, I definitely need to uh, move um, myself so that I can maintain uh, maybe my current distance, but uh, shift my, you know, uh, field of view, my line of sight so that if they go around the corner, I can see um, around that corner to where they end up.
1: All right, what skill would you like to use to make that happen successfully without being noticed?
0: Oh, without being noticed, um, you know- Or do you care? I, I do care. So I'm gonna at least try to sneak a little bit uh, with stealth, Okay. but we'll see what happens. Cause I'm not the most dexterous card in the deck. Right. All right. That's a
1: nine. You can have advantage on it since you're not very close to them. I don't know if that'll necessarily help you, but I'll let it happen. Eleven. Okay. So double digits territory. From the distance that you are at, um, you're able to move in a way that is very regular. Um, you know, it doesn't really look like you're following or sneaking. You're not doing like the sneaky arms or anything. Um, you know, the little T-Rex hands you do when you're sneaking, obviously.
0: Right. The tiptoes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you don't make the little do-do-do-do noise as you walk. Right. And so you kind of just move in a way that says, hey, I'm just walking here. Um in a way that allows you to keep line of sight to them. And they don't really seem to notice you, but you see that they've kind of huddled together at a back corner of the building. Um, And one of them, the one in the robe, is holding a piece of paper, and they seem to be talking with each other.
0: Holding a piece of paper, you say? Hmm. Okay. Well, then. This starts to sound suspiciously like these guys are here looking for someone uh on this this hit list but i don't have anything uh necessarily that would help me determine that at this distance or do i nope. well all my spells are damage or healing and so i'm not gonna do either of those to these guys so i'm just gonna have to talk to them if i want to see what they're up to
1: (laughs) that is one way to do it i mean (laughs) there are other ways but yes that you can certainly do that
0: i mean i'm just saying i could try and sneak up and eavesdrop you know but i don't have a magical way to eavesdrop right um but let's try something, because I do have a spell that is not necessarily um, offensive or healing. Okay, let's see. here we go. Yes. So So with gaseous form, right? Right? That would be really cool. I could really spy on these guys, like, in that form. But it lasts for an hour. And while I'm in this form, I can't really do anything. So is there I mean, am I stuck in a gaseous? Am am I I stuck as a fart, basically, for an hour?
1: No, you can always dispel your own stuff.
0: I I can choose to end my spell. Right. Okay, cool. Um, As long as that's the case, I think I'd like to cast... uh, gaseous form on myself so that i can you know kind of mist up and look and listen and see what they're up to all
1: right be aware that you are still a misty form right so you're not invisible true okay
0: but i can pass through small holes narrow openings and even mere cracks and I treat liquids as though they were solid surfaces. So I'm guessing I like kind of extrude through a crack, but then like kind of reform into my gaseousness Mm -hmm. on the other side. Right. So I don't turn into like a mist or similar. But you're
1: you're a misty cloud. Right. But you're a vaguely human-sized misty
0: cloud. Yeah, and my only movement is a flight of 10. So I could kind of hover over and behind them is my, is my goal here.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: With this so I can see what they're looking at and hear what they're saying. Right. Uh, hopefully without them noticing this little, you know, um, what you would call cloud, what you would call 10 feet above, what you would call them. Okay. So um, to cast Gaseous Form a bit of gauze and a wisp of smoke so cool um, with with these material components and the words and the gestures um, I will have to transform myself into a form of a misty cloud
1: so from you kind of like step back um, into a little alleyway a little bit out of direct line of sight from the people that you're watching and you pull a little bit of gauze from your component pouch and you take the bottle that Deke left for you, open the stopper and let out some of the smoke that fills the top of it Mm. um, and kind of trace your little bit of gauze through it as it escapes the bottle you say the words and you touch the smoky bit of gauze to your forehead. And as you do, starting from there and working its way out, you kind of dissipate into this misty form.
0: This is pretty cool. <laughs> I've never, I mean, Naraya of course, has done this numerous times, but I've never been a gaseous form Playing a character, so that's pretty rad. All right, cool. I mean, that's my action for right now, so I'm gonna have to wait.
1: No, you're not in initiative order.
0: Okay, I'm just making sure. You know, I don't want to jump the gun or anything like that. You're good. Okay, so next, I'd like to float over above and behind them because I'm a spooky ghost now. Right. (laughs) And get as close to them as, as I dare, you know, but. Well, since, how close do you dare? Well, here's the thing. Since I, um, oh, huh. so I have a flight speed of 10, but that right. doesn't mean that, that I can only be 10 feet off the ground. No, it that just, just means, means
1: per round. Right. You I, can I go can, 10 feet. I
0: can, exactly. Okay. So, so I mean, I'll go You do have to up. be aware of wind though. Oh, right, right. right. I don't want to get, I don't want to get blown away. Uh, here, I'd like to go up a little bit, you know, maybe 20 feet and then kind of over and then come straight down behind them. And I will dare to get as close as it takes. Like, because I'm coming from above and behind them, like... Uh, you know, I don't know if they're facing each other. That's going to be hard. If they're kind of standing next to each other, both looking at the paper, it'll be easy. So I don't. It depends on their disposition.
1: Right. They're one of them's holding the paper. The other one's standing, kind of n- not directly next to, you, but kind of diagonally to them, mm-hmm. um, looking at the same paper, and they appear to be talking.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So coming from you know, uh, in in between. You know, both of them, since they're kind of angled in towards the paper, you know, um, directly behind the, you know, pointed arrow kind of formed by the angles of both their backs. So from directly behind both of them. Right. uh, I'd like to descend down and uh, as close as I need to um, to them. So, you know, however close I need to get to hear them. And see what they're looking at.
1: Well, that's two different things. Are you looking to be able to do both?
0: I'll start with listen. And then if I need to get closer to have a shifty at their documents, then I will. So, listening at first.
1: Okay. I'll go ahead and make a perception. And they will do the same.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Three...
1: They seem to be whispering. It's very hard to hear from the distance that you're at. Perhaps you will need to get closer.
0: Especially with my gaseous fart eardrums. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes. I'll I'll have to edge closer then.
1: All right. Roll your perception.
0: Come on, baby. All right. 11.
1: All right. So as you float closer it seems that their um, conversation is becoming more heated so it actually gets easier to hear as well Um, but now you can start to see what they're looking at although again your dark vision is limited you can't see color and things like that Um, but you can hear that they're arguing a bit like yes this is definitely the location Uh, and remember we're to focus on the watch targets
0: oh Okay. Well, that definitely, um, you know, piques my interest. So I think these are probably the guys I'm looking for. And if they're not the guys I'm looking for, they're definitely up to no good. I don't want to get distracted by these dudes, you know, if they're not my actual target. But I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that they are. But let's keep listening.
1: All right. And the other one says, yes, but once we're inside, uh, obviously it's going to be difficult to segregate those targets from the general population of the building. I don't think that matters very much at all. Chaos is chaos.
0: Hmm. Didn't I learn something about the Dask previously? That it's, that it's, uh, has to do with, uh, sowing the seeds of discord and chaos and stuff. Nothing like that. No, I didn't, I didn't research you, at all. I didn't look anything up. You
1: didn't look anything up and you did not ask to make a roll to see what you might recall about him.
0: Man, I should have done that.
1: Well, you can certainly make a roll to see what you know about that. See
0: what I remember. You
1: didn't ask Loger about them either. That's
0: true, I didn't. Gah, terrible, okay.
1: <laughs> so this is gonna be a history. History,
0: gotcha. Hmm, I'll put my gaseous thumb and forefinger to my gaseous chin. And I will roll a 19.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. So you do know a bit about the Dask. Um, and it makes sense why Logro was concerned if they were actually behind these things. Um, the Dask is a criminal organization um, that definitely has a presence in Sharn. Um, In Sharn specifically They are known for operating In the very Underground areas of the city Like literally underground So some presence in the Cogs but even deeper Than that in the Kyber's Gate um, Seems to be where They most often Lurk and operate Um, There are A number of kind of the outsider races involved in the Dask, including goblins and some of the other creatures from like Droem and similar.
0: Okay. Wow. That seems to, I mean, match up so far with what I'm hearing, but let's continue our surveillance.
1: All right. So, from where you are, you can see the paper a bit. And it seems to... I mean, you can't see much detail. The words that are on it are small, but there does appear to be writing. Um, there is a very basic map that kind of seems to designate this building area. Um, and they continue to talk over it. I, I suppose you're right. Uh, might as well get it done. I hate that we're having to put ourselves in the middle of this, but the purpose... Is important. Yes. And failure is not tolerated.
0: Oh, that's definitely my guys. All right. Huh? What do I do? What do I do? I'm not really good at, uh, at restraining people. You know what I mean? I'm good at taking, I'm good at taking a motherfucker down. But not necessarily, you know, um, holding them or whatever. Right. Uh, but I know for sure that these are our bad guys now. So, hmm. I don't think I can scare them away. I think these guys will have a fanatical devotion to the tasking they've been given uh, because failure is not tolerated. And then if that has been demonstrated to them all to them at all, the way it's been demonstrated to me, you know, bringing about the failure of one of their cohorts, uh, I think maybe they would rather face, you know, me or opposition or whatever, um, rather than run away. So bearing that in mind, um, rather than, um, Fighting them inside. I think it's better to fight them inside, especially if their targets are watch people. um, So they might come out and fight with me. Okay. Is what I'm thinking.
1: That makes sense. All right. So as you're kind of considering your options, they do seem to reach some sort of agreement. The one in the kind of fine looking robe. Rolls up the piece of paper and puts it back in um, his little satchel that he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, they begin to walk toward um, the very back of the building. Okay. They make their way to what appears to be a service entrance of some kind, um, not necessarily for servants, but perhaps for deliveries or similar to to carry goods or do certain things. And um, you see the one with the belts and jacket and everything um, pull something out of one of his pouches and begin to kind of hunch near the door and, and work at something.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that I'm gonna just get this party uh, started on these guys just uh, right off the bat. And I think I think I'd like to start this with uh, hmm, with the uh, ice knife.
1: All right. As you cast your spell, you fall 20 feet to the ground. No. Um. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I am thinking that, you know, they've walked over to wherever they are. I need to get in range and I need to kind of float down to like, you know, and to the ground. And then I need to like dispel my gaseous form. So I I need some time to get my shit together. Sure. Basically. So I'm hoping that while I'm doing all this shit – They don't finish, you know, picking the lock or whatever they're doing and go into the building. So um, that's kind of the gamble that I'm in right now. I'm hurrying to do all this as quickly as possible, but.
1: Well, what exactly are you doing?
0: I am getting to uh, within 60 feet of these gentlemen and also, you know, like a foot or whatever off the ground, dispelling my gaseous form. And then as soon as I can, uh, casting Ice Knife at them.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take you, I mean, although your movement speed is a bit slower, they're not moving quickly because they're trying not to draw attention. And so you're able to kind of follow them. Um, You were much closer to them than 60 feet. So even as they move away from you, you should be more than able to keep at the distance you'd like to. And dispelling your spell is an instant occurrence. It doesn't take any time.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, awesome. So now we cast Ice Knife.
1: Right. Now you roll initiative.
0: Now we roll initiative because there's no surprise rounds in fifth well, head.
1: there is, but they don't work.
0: They don't work the like
1: The same that. way that, that fourth different. edition do. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. And you know what? A decent initiative roll for once in my GD life. 15. All right. Go ahead. Oh, awesome. Okay. So now I need to make a ranged spell attack against the target. I'm going to target the dude with the belts and the buckles and the straps and the whatnot.
1: The one working on the door?
0: Yes. Okay. With ice knife. Okay, cool. Uh, 23. It's a ranged spell attack. Versus so AC. So that's versus AC. Okay. Yep, that's a hit. And I create a shard of ice.
1: Oh, and go ahead and roll with initiative just to see if you crit because they are not expecting you right now.
0: Roll uh, advantage. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I create a shard of ice and fling it in one creature within range. And I make a range spell, spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes 1d10 piercing damage. Okay. Here's my trusty d10. Eight. Okay. Now, here's the cool part. Hit or miss, the shard then explodes. The target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take uh, 6d6 cold damage for the level I'm casting it at
1: right and what level are you casting it at
0: the uh fifth okay okay so um we have 66 in this little area here within five feet of that target okay 10, 14, 15, 20, 26 damage. Boom.
1: Is that to him and the adjacent target as it explodes? Yes. Okay. And the, you said it was 26?
0: Right. The target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take this damage. Oh, dexterity saving throw. Yeah. Okay. So they have a chance to save. Right. What's the DC? Uh, 16.
1: <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Well, one of them has a plus four and he gets a six uh, (laughs) total. And the other, let's see, has a plus two and gets a four total because they both rolled twos. Hooray. So there you go.
0: Good for me, bad for them.
1: Right. (laughs) So 26, you said? Yes. All right. So you, your misty form coalesces and solidifies into your true self. And you step gently um, from your perch um, above the earthly soil um, down into the street below. And as you do, you, I mean, is there, are there verbal components and things like that to your spell?
0: This one is uh, somatic and material. Okay. So I just need a drop of water. Or a piece of ice.
1: Okay. So you reach down to the water skin that you carry with you and kind of just dab your finger uh, to the end of it. And um, as you gesture, um, uh, something sharp and and cold forms uh, near your hand and you direct it swiftly towards your target Um, who is hunched in front of that door working at the lock. And suddenly, he just stops and looks alarmed. And you can see the companion that he is with kind of turn to him and be like, what? What is it? And he just looks up at him as you can see. I mean, with your dark vision, even, although you can't see color, you can see kind of a dark stain forming on the back of the jacket. Um, where he was pierced through. And then there is an audible explosion of ice as the spell goes off, and both of them are kind of lost for a moment in uh, sort of this shimmery mist, but there is screaming. (laughs) And as the kind of glittering snow settles, um, you can see that the one in the robe um, is particularly shredded. Like his robes are in tatters. Um, you can see just lacerations across his exposed like face and things like that. Um, and the other, although relatively stout, is still bleeding from multiple wounds and obviously has taken quite, a bit of damage from the spell at this point because the shard was in him when it exploded. Oof,
0: right. that That's a bad day right there.
1: All right. So they are trying to figure out what's going on. They're completely alarmed. Um, they are caught off guard. They do get to act this round, but they're going to do so at disadvantage. Hmm. Okay.
0: That's good for me. Bad for them.
1: Right. All right. So let's do a couple of things. The one you exploded gets to act first. um, And he is going to. Let's see here. He kind of looks around and can't really discern where the attack came from, it's dark in this area, Um, although there are various Everbright Lanterns around. um, You're not standing underneath one right now. And the attack kind of came out of nowhere as far as they're concerned, and he's not able to identify the source. Um, But you do see he draws um, a rapier in one hand Hmm. and a dagger in the other. And he seems to be preparing himself to fight.
0: Well, I mean, that is a reasonable reaction to catching a ice knife in the back.
1: All right. Um, the very hurt man in a robe is going to... He kind of runs hands over himself, uh, sees that things are, are not not so good. And what will he do? All right he begins to mumble to himself. And you see him take his hands and spread them outward. Um, And as he does, you see duplicates of himself begin to appear. And their positions seem to like shift and flicker in and out of each other to the point where you cannot really tell which one is the actual person and what may be an
0: image. Hmm. Okay. That is okay. How many of them are there?
1: There are four total figures of the robed figure. So what you would assume to be the real one and three duplicates.
0: Okay. Let's see here. Total of five. So I just need... Two more. Okay. Cool. So, third level. Awesome. Cool. I can deal with this.
1: All right. What would you like to do?
0: Well, since I don't know which one is the real one or which one is, uh, which are the visions, I'm not going to waste time with trying to discern any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast Bane at a high enough level to affect all of them, which just means that I need to cast it at a third level. Okay. Bane is pretty cool because it has verbal, somatic, and material components. The material component is a drop of blood. Okay. And the way that I'd like to cast this, if I may, is I'd like to kind of stride out of the shadows to where i'm visible to these two and say you know um and address them while i'm like holding out my left fist digging my nails into my palm with such force that it draws uh, blood and as a drop of blood like falls from my clenched fist um it falls towards my right palm and i'd like it if possible to kind of suspend there while i say the magic words to cast the spell and uh and kind of let it flow towards them um as their you know blood curse their bane you know even though this is a uh, enchantment not a curse um <laughs> And just let them know that um, you should be running. If you leave now, I may let you live.
1: All right. And what is the effect of the spell?
0: Up to three creatures and two additional targets for being a third level spell. So five total creatures of my choice that I can see within range of 30 feet. um, Must make charisma saving throws, DC 16.
1: Right. Neither of them make it.
0: So whenever they, uh, so they fail. So now, uh, they make an attack roll or a saving throw for the next minute. Uh, they must roll a D4 and subtract the number from the attack roll or saving throw. Okay.
1: So as you walk forward, and kind of speak your threatening words to them, um, the street lamps around you change in their hue. um, And you can see that as, and what they see as well, is that the lights around them grow dim Mm. and the lights behind you grow, they flare up brightly.
0: I see. I'm backlit, man. Mm. Nothing like being backlit to look like a badass.
1: All right. Anything else on your turn?
0: Um, Bane is... An action to cast, I believe, yes it is. So, yeah, I I am done.
1: So, the lights flare up, you're backlit very dramatically. Um, you're hard to recognize. You can see kind of questions flickering on their faces. And then as the lights kind of return to normal, the... Um, Man holding the rapier and the dagger looks at you full in the face and says "Why have you not died?" <laughs> uh
0: man, what is a good reply to that question? Um hmm Let's see. Uh I would say so uh, as I'm lowering my hands from having cast my spell and maybe uh, some you know extra blood dripping from my fingerprint uh, tips to the uh, uh, cobblestones, you know, I, w- I would sort of look at my hand and sort of flick it off in, in sort of an, an annoyed sort of gesture and re- reply to him, um, "It is not my time." but it is certainly yours.
1: All right. And so he kind of takes um, a very on guard position mm. with his rapier and dagger offhand weapon. Um, and you can see it. He like moves towards you and he does, he strikes out at you. Um, but whether it's the effect of your words or the bane that you have cast upon him, he is unable to actually hit you and his attack goes wide.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, I was sort of lower my chin, my brow darkens, um, not even bothering to dodge, just sort of, it's expected that it would, you know, fly right past my torso, head, whatever, and uh, and have no effect. Confidence, you see, confidence is key. All right.
1: So... Think the other one much like you often do um, when you're not always planning out your attacks very carefully is going to burn his top level spell first because he only has one
0: no this is a good strategy It served me well it's not a good
1: strategy (laughs) because last time you were like oh yeah that spell that I could use to move him totally isn't there now (laughs)
0: I really could have used scatter, and I have a shitload of uh, sixth-level spells that come in really handy. But I mean, you know, if if we're gonna go for the nuke, I mean, go all in.
1: All right. What is Naraya's greatest fear?
0: Hmm. And
1: not in an existential way. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, a world without dignity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I would say his greatest fear is being captured um, and interrogated by a very capable torturer when he doesn't know anything, and he would give up all the goods. He would spill the whole bucket of beans but he doesn't have any beans and so just that frustration of wanting to comply not being able to not being able to maintain agency over his person or his freedom all while having to um withstand you know physical torture at the hands of someone who just will not Relent because they don't believe that he doesn't know what they want to hear.
1: All right. It's a little conceptual still, but I'll roll with it. So, from the shadows, um, what you can see, and you almost don't notice it because you're so absorbed with what you see approaching you from out of the darkness, mm-hmm. but the four images of the robed figure kind of back into one. Okay as this figure strides out of the darkness towards you Um, and it is um, a lanky individual Um, from its dress you cannot really tell like gender or very specifically race it's some sort of humanoid tall um, capable looking um, wearing a mask um, and Very simple clothing and in one hand um, just an open bag of various implements and in the other a glowing like hot poker that it kind of drags behind as it approaches you and laughs softly He says, don't worry little one, I'll find what I need from you.
0: Oh no. <laughs> and I need
1: you to make a wisdom saving throw.
0: Okay. Luckily, oh, actually wisdom is not one of my saving throws, but that's not horrible at least.
1: And you have a plus 1 on it right now cuz you've true. been.
0: I do. Okay. 17. Praise Jesus.
1: That's really good. Um and as the figure approaches With its glowing hot poker that it starts to wield in your direction, you catch your breath, and you kind of glare at it, and it fades from view. And the robed figure looks very upset.
0: Duh, he's not happy about this. Okay.
1: You have thwarted the phantasmal killer.
0: Ah, good, good. Sounds right. like a good name for a band, by the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So it is back to your turn.
0: Okay. So I have to uh, see if I can uh, get rid of this dude in my face. Um, so let's take a look here. Some of my cantrips. Um yeah I don't know if I want to do anything that's uh see I cast Bane so this is mostly about uh saving throws, not attacks so okay this guy's probably fairly dexy. yes, so let's attack wisdom. Oh, on this guy. Okay. And I would like to cast Toll the Dead.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: So he is he he's close to within melee range of me, because he attacked me with his rapier. Yes. Right?
1: Okay. That is correct. Gotcha.
0: And the other dude's still far away. Yes. Right. I feel like this dude's the more immediate threat to someone like me. So Um, yeah, cast, uh, Toll of the Dead. It is a wisdom saving throw. What's the DC? Uh, let's see here. 16.
1: He does not make it.
0: Okay. And he is missing hit points. He is. So, uh, that is unfortunate because that means it is 3d12 necrotic damage as the, uh, Sound of a dolorous bell fills the air around this poor chap. I see. 3d12. Oh, man. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Dude, I rolled 3d12. And I got 12. (laughs) All right. All right. Bummer. Bummer. A potential of 36 damage on the table, kids.
1: So as the low kind of tolling of the bell fills the air, um, you can see once again the smoke-like skeletal hands reaching up through the ground to grasp at your assailant at your melee attacker and start pulling him down. And, and you can see he stumbles. He falls to one knee um, and kind of tries to tear himself out of their grasp. And as he does, um, you can see kind of the sickly blackened wounds on his limbs and mostly around his legs and stuff where the the claw-like skeletal hands dug into his flesh.
0: So something I just thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, This description here is that you point at one creature. So just as a little a flair, I want to maintain eye contact with the, the guy in, in the robes who's right. still far away. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even looking at his homie here. I'm just pointing at him, you know, pointing at, the, the rapier guy, the the melee dude, and staring the other guy right in the windows of his soul to cast this spell.
1: Okay. All right. Anything else on your turn?
0: Uh, no, that's all I got. All right. Frickin' 12 damage. Man. All
1: right. So... Once again, he uh, brings up his weapons to attack you. And... um, Misses with one attack with his rapier. But then, with his dagger, he is able to connect.
0: Oh, no. Um,
1: And when he does... You're going to take a little bit of damage. So that would be six piercing damage.
0: Yikes. Oof!
1: And despite the way this battle's been going, a kind of pleased look spreads across his face. (laughs) Cool.
0: I can work with that.
1: All right. Back to our robid figure. I need you to make an intelligence saving throw, please.
0: Yes, ma'am. Here we go. Twelve.
1: Okay. All right, so it was a total of twelve with your bonuses and everything? Yes. Okay. You see kind of spreading from the location of the robed figure as he begins to gesture fire licking up the side of the building and spreading out across the ground towards you.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's not good. And... However, I am resistant to fire damage, so...
1: You take three psychic damage. Hmm. That's the fear of the not the fire necessarily to yourself, but although that's part of it, but to the building as well, kind of overtakes right. you.
0: Because I'm here to protect it. And, you know, the people within it more so, but yeah.
1: Right. All right. And it is your turn.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, it's time to uh break out one of the big guns, boys. And this is assuming... That these two guys are kind of in a line maybe or no would I have to move to I mean
1: technically they are two up? points so you could make
0: them align pretty easily yeah I need them to be a, in a line with uh me you know what I mean so three Right. Points I mean you would just, to
1: have, like, to like just have to like sidestep slightly sidestep
0: a little bit yeah cool um yes yeah, so I would like to sidestep a little bit and uh while i'm sidestepping a little bit dip into my um component pouch to pull out uh the uh bit of fur my rod of amber uh crystal right and um with this just almost just almost casually because the verbal component for lightning bolt is sort of incongruously uh simple you know it's not this lengthy incantation it's just a like a lightning bolt it's very quick and sharp right and you flick it out at uh at them and uh the stroke of lightning blasts uh out from me in their direction and they must make a dexterity saving throw
1: all right dexterity you say yes all righty
0: 16 minus 1d4 For them on their decks.
1: All right. The uh, rapier and dagger wielding, one in front of you, hurt as he is, is able to nimbly tuck and roll out of the way. All right. As he sees you begin to cast the spell. Nice. Um, The other is caught quite off guard. So he's going to take half damage.
0: Nice. And the other guy doesn't even see it coming. Oof. All right.
1: It's very dark, and they're both humans as far as you can tell.
0: Nice. I'm glad I didn't bother to cast darkness then, although that probably would have been even cooler. Just out of curiosity, before I roll this giant palm full of dice. Yeah. Can you see through your own darkness if I cast it? No, it's just straight it's up. It's
1: magical darkness. You'd have to have a way to see through it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. But even dark vision can't see through magical darkness. Right. So, yeah, and just because you cast the spell, you don't have immunity to it. Okay. that That's what it, mostly I was asking about. Right. All right. Here we go. 8d6, y'all. All right. 10, 16, and another six, 22, 24, 28, 31 damage. For the full shebanga bang, 15, I guess, for the half.
1: All right, so you see the one with the rapier kind of roll out of the way, taking kind of a glancing blow from the spell. Um, as it kind of strikes full force towards the robed figure, whose eyes grow wide, as he's struck down by lightning, falling to the ground and as soon as he does, all of the fire that you saw before just immediately disappears. appears okay. it was an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the other, seeing his friend fall, says, no no, you, you can't take me, and begins to run. Awesome. <laughs> so he is going to make a run for it. Um, and he'll get some distance away, but I'd like you to go ahead and make a attack of opportunity.
0: Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> actually, I actually rolled really well, on a, I rolled an 18. And uh, I don't necessarily know exactly what my you know melee attack would be i would just what kick him in the knee or something like that I guess and well
1: I mean if you don't have anything out then it would be an unarmed attack which is on your sheet and yeah you're a TX
0: here we go uh yeah it would because I don't I don't have a dagger in my hand or anything like that right. I'm casting and shit I need both my hands so it would just be an unarmed strike Uh, which I guess is up to you to determine the flavor of, uh, but that is a uh, 21.
1: All right. So you basically just have enough time because he's already moved away from you a bit at this point to kind of stick a leg out, and he kind of tumbles a bit. Um, Do you have any damage for your unarmed?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. This is great. There's there's just there's just a dash in the damage <laughs> column of my unarmed strike. Yeah. Because my strength is eight. So I'm basically like, eh. eh and, like, yeah. and he doesn't even like
1: And he notice. stumbles slightly, regains his footing, and keeps running. <laughs> okay.
0: I definitely definitely need to purchase. <laughs> Okay, hold on. To... There you go. <laughs> oh. But I need to, I need, I need to purchase a magic item for with plus strength or something like that because this ridiculous. Or just not
1: punch people with your bare hand or kick them with your bare foot.
0: Punching people is not my thing. but you know, I know.
1: you can cast a spell with something in your hand,
0: Dork. I know, but. <laughs> I need my hands free to manipulate my, to know, all your finger dancing material components for your and, crazy yes, to make somatic Dr. Strange spells. They're not all like that, but some of them are. I mean, you know, mostly not because I'm a sorcerer, not a wizard, so.
1: All right. He's able to dash away from you.
0: Dash away, dash away. Okay, so. Um, so he's just straight gone. Like, I don't have a he's chance. He's running.
1: To even... It's his, his turn. I'm telling you what's happening. Okay. Sorry. Give me a second. All right. He runs full speed away from you. He seems to know exactly where he wants to go. And he makes it to a sewer cover mm-hmm. and hoists it up. What would you like to do? Hmm.
0: Let's see here. I wonder if uh, Bane is still active on this dude. Because it's a it minute. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, now would be a time. Let's see here. What? Oh, man. Okay, so I want, here's what I want to do. Yes. Mm, let me bounce this off and see if it's possible. Boing. I want to cast Scatter, which has a range of 30 feet. Okay. To bring the dude back to the, like the, you know, the doorway. So, like, if we were fighting here, right, he took off running, like, this way, right? Right. And I yank him like if I have to run towards him to close it's within. You do. You have to move yeah. your full speed. And then blink him back over here, right? Right. Then I would have to like yell at him to like, you know, stay right there, you know, or die. Basically, right. Um. So that's what I'd I'd like to do. Okay. If possible. You can certainly try. Let's give it a shot. Step one. uh, Close to within casting distance of scatter.
1: Right. You move. All right. You trip over a brick and die.
0: That could happen. I mean, you know, it's why I ask. So, assuming you're kidding. (laughs) Right. Then we cast scatter, which just has a verbal component. (laughs) And uh, so he has to uh, succeed on a wisdom saving throw to resist this spell.
1: I didn't mean to do that, but it was funny. (laughs) I just accidentally hit a button while I was grabbing my dice. (laughs) Whoops. All right. Sorry, can you say that part again?
0: (laughs) He must succeed on a wisdom saving throw to resist this spell. Minus 1d4 for Bane.
1: I got it. All right. He does not make his safe.
0: Nobody cared who I was until I pulled down my hood. Um, okay, cool. So now, um, the air quivers around him. And he is teleported, uh, to the unoccupied space right in front of the door that he was trying to break into.
1: And, uh. So he is unable to resist. He's hoisted the manhole uh, cover. He's um, preparing to get in. And you basically just command his body back to where it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And he finds himself again in front of that door looking towards that escape route, looking back at you.
0: Anything else? Yes, I would like to yell at him in my most commanding tone with my deepest, basiest, bellowing voice while pointing directly at him and staring balefully into his eyes. Yield or be destroyed. All
1: right. uh, Go ahead and roll intimidation.
0: Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Not super great at intimidation, but not horrible at it either. All right. Twelve.
1: Alright. He looks frightened. But he says, I I can't. Failure is not tolerated.
0: Oh no, maybe he actually can't, poor guy. Aw.
1: And he runs the other direction. The
0: other direction. Okay, cool.
1: Finds another sewer cover. Place <laughs> it up. Alright. Now there's just a bunch of open holes in the street that people are going to fall into all and, over the place.
0: You know, hopefully they have safety cones. What would you like to do? <laughs> so, now I have to chase after him again. Right? Okay. The other way, yeah. Uh, I mean, do I really want to follow this dude into the like sewer and stuff like that and chase him down? I or mean, do I, I mean... Logger
1: did say that She felt it was important to understand where these attacks were actually coming from.
0: Yeah. So, I guess I could follow him if he's just blindly fleeing, you know. Um, But let's go ahead. Okay, no. I think we're going to do. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's slow him down a little bit so he's easier to follow. Okay. With ray of frost, and uh, this is actually a ranged spell attack, right. not a resist thing. So, um, and and then just follow him. Okay. Or follow him and cast ray of frost, whichever order. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cool. So ray of frost the way. Naraya sorcerously, you know, casts it. And it's kind of personalized, um, like a lot of sorceress spells I imagine to be. um, Is kind of a Iron Man repulsor ray sort of pulse where he just kind of flings a a palm out towards a dude and has to charge up and then like release from the palm as that uh, frigid beam of blue white light. That streaks forward from the palm, very, very Iron Man ish. Uh-huh. Um, and let me go ahead and roll for that. I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sixteen. No, no. No. Twelve.
1: So the icy beam shoots forth, um, but. The dexterous foe basically just rolls into the open hole out of the way of the spell, which kind of shatters uselessly against one of the buildings behind um, and just drops out of sight into the sewers below.
0: Okay. We have to follow him, you know, either way. Right. I mean, my, my speed is 30, so it's not horrible.
1: All right, you descend into the sewers and you chase this man, um, injured as he is, through levels of sewer. And then you go past sewers into what look like crumbling ruins. And then you go past these old buildings and you get to an area where you can start to hear the sounds of industry.
0: Okay, so through the depths into the cogs.
1: <laughs> ah, is it is it that easy to tell what's going on
0: no I'm just familiar with this city this oh, is my that's home, true no you know? you've been
1: here for a long
0: time I, yeah I, when I first moved here I kind of toured this sort of area you're know, like oh yeah it's kind of touristy <laughs> so. right
1: um and although he's injured he is a bit faster than you are right um and so it gets to a point as you it opens up into streets
0: where he loses you Oh, no.
1: Um, At least for now. And so what you can see as you are now in this area deep below Sharn, you're in an area you know is the Cogs. You've been here before. Right. Um, it incorporates the natural tunnels and old goblin ruins that were here. Um, you know that this area is an industrial area powered by the lava that flows under Sharn. Mm-hmm. And you can hear, you know, the ringing of hammers, you can smell um, the various quite mysterious meats um, that have been cooked like wafting out from various um, hovels. And you're functionally in what's a mirror of the lower city streets above. Um, Dirty children are chasing each other through passageways. um, And there's just this kind of oppressive heat and sound of forge work all around you. And as you begin to scan the streets, I need you to roll perception.
0: Coming right up. yeah, hey, uh, Five.
1: All right. You don't see the quarry, the man that you're after. Man,
0: if only I'd have landed that frost, uh, ray of frost.
1: Um but there is a, a swarm of children around you now, mm-hmm. which includes one, and this is something you haven't seen before, but a child-sized war forge as well.
0: What? Uh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, and no, they're hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold asking on. Asking
1: you for trinkets and coin.
0: A child-sized war forge? Yeah. That is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, coin? Do you have coin? Trinkets? Something shiny?
0: Um, I'm going to make sure and keep like a, a close hand and watch on all of my stuff.
1: Go ahead and roll perception again.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get pickpocketed is the thing. Okay, that's better. Eleven.
1: All right. And you can feel tiny fingers um, and almost feel the whirring of motors as the small warforged hand reaches into a a pouch, (laughs) and he goes, oh. (laughs) And they kind of scurry off. But as they do, you look up again, and at the far end of the road, you can see the man that you were after. And as he looks over his shoulder at you, he begins to make a dash for the alleyway. And we're gonna pick up next time with the chase. Oh,
0: man. I'm all ready to cast Ray of Frost. Look at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in real life, you are. <laughs> that's
0: true. Okay.
1: All right. Well, that's it for this session, everyone. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you're enjoying our time in Eberron, especially as we're going below now into kind of the depths. And right now we're in the cogs, um, which you recognized, which is very good. All right. Anything you want to say about this session?
0: No, that was uh, that was super cool as always. Thank you so much for taking me through uh, Eberron and um, you know the uh, city that we're in that I don't remember. Sharn, uh, uh, Sharn, yes, <laughs> uh, and Sharn. It's been really cool. Thank you.
1: All right, so everyone, if you are enjoying this or enjoyed any of our previous stories, please. Tell a friend, let them know about our podcast. Um it's a great way for you know us to have more feedback and and to know what it is you guys want to hear next. Um, because we are a good way into this little Eberron tale. And as many of our fireside stories go, it will end and we'll move on to a new adventure. Um but if there's something that you'd like to hear in a longer format or something you'd like us to try, definitely. Give us a heads up. Um, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find me, Rainy, at Barbarian Rainy. Um, that's where I hang out on Twitter and do all sorts of fun things. Uh, what about you?
0: Um, at Rengugiri. That's at R-E-N-G-U-G-I-R-I.
1: Awesome. And we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, um, we're fans of these games as well. And so we love talking about them. And as always, if you want to support what we do and help us get more adventure materials, cool microphones, all sorts of fun stuff, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash just barbarian things. Um, this week, we'd also like to give a thank you to Tabletop Audio and Sirenscape for providing some ambiance and sound effects. Uh, we hope that worked out well for you guys. So let us know if you liked it. And just to bookend our shoutouts this week, I wanted to congratulate Jesse M., our fabulous patron, on exploding multiple enemy mages with his chain lightning spell in his D&D campaign this week. Fabulous job. Bursting them like the useless bags of blood that they were, and showering your party members with gore. Very well done, sir.